recently asked the question, why do we have to do this? Why do we have to do this? The truth is, nobody's here. You walk in the door voluntarily. You practice Zen. Why do we have to do this? You don't have things got twisted. If in one shot you can untwist the twist, case closed. Game's over, close the door, all done. You don't have to. If you're not capable of just doing that, do what the Buddha did. Ten times sitting and cutting through madness. Why do we have to do this? We don't. If you want to bring an end to suffering, engage in this practice. Use this practice to perpetuate suffering, like anything else. Specifically casual in your practice. Hear that, and because we tend to do extremes, we go maniacal. Four hours straight without breathing. To recommend the middle path. Sure, there are many times where the Buddha was sitting there saying, "Why do I have to do this?" And to project things onto him. He just loved every minute, and he was first few years were very difficult because he didn't have good posture. It wasn't until he got a cushion, raised himself up a little bit, that doesn't feed himself properly. Took the middle path, not excessively casual, not maniacally torturous. The middle path. We just have trouble with that for some reason. Why do we have to do this? We don't have to. One of the things we talk about is emptiness. Sit, you quiet down. Empty. One of the things we find difficult is to quiet down the mind. Face after a state of no thought. Grunted. Me. Here we have lots of thoughts. Clop, 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 right? Banging against each other. There's lots of thoughts. There's a different condition takes place and it's perception, clear perception, or clear vision, or what I like is clairvoyance. You see into things as they are, not as you'd like them to be. You don't project onto situations. <coughs> Out of what happens in there is people come in and project onto me, other, their father, whatever. Don't see things clearly. If you sit still, if you follow the breath down, there will be a transformation. It will shift from this dualistic back and forth, good and bad, right and wrong, into a position of clear perception. You just see things as they are. Because that's a problem because things suck. You see things as they are. Mm -hmm. Now you have to wake up bodhisattva. One of the things that often comes out of working with that inner child who's been hurt, you begin to awaken bodhisattva, compassion. Of course, you see that wound within you, you don't want to project it out. You don't want to put it on others. If things go well, that's how it works. Some people, because they've wounded, want to go out and do damage to others. I see you get clear perception are not as bad as they seem. Much worse. <laughs> we like to put rose-colored glasses on situations. Look pretty. Make everything lovely. It's not quite that way. Well, then why sit? Why do we have to do this? Hmm? Well, if you sit and it makes the shift, 
you see how to deal with things in a much better way. You know when the right time is to step in and fully engage. You know when the right time is to step back and leave it alone. Working from a position of wisdom. Book I've been reading, Honey, Sex, Work, by a dead man. Testing the point that we trick ourselves into thinking this is spiritual and this is mundane. And instead of practicing, we have to stay over here in this realm. And that work and sex and money are pooey. You don't want nothing to do with them. They're dirty. We could not be in this room. People didn't work and make money to pay the rent. Money, sex, work are very vital and important spiritual practices. This is not a monastic situation. We're not living in a monastery. Monastery, you don't have a job, you don't have mortgages, you don't have all these things. We're practicing householder Zen. Money, sex, and work are very important spiritual aspects. Why do I have to get up in the morning and go to work? Well, I want a house to live in. Money, so I can live in that house. Yes. Bobby recently, what are you going to do with the welfare? And I'll get a, an apartment. I said, why don't you get a job? He says, right now, where my mind is, I couldn't have a job. About one day, and I tell the boss to go fuck himself. So he has that much clarity. The way he's trying to clean up his mind isn't going too good, you know. You don't clean up your mind by drinking whiskey. <laughs> but he has that much clarity. Clarity is important. That's how we sit to get clarity. We want to step out of a state of confusion into a state of clarity, clairvoyance. And we do that. Why do we have to do this? You don't have to. You can stay in a state of confusion, or you can go into a state of clairvoyance. Very simple. Clarity has led me to a position where I really sometimes well, it's manifesting in ways that are happening out here. Physical actions. Noticing my physical actions is giving me clues. Always at work. Always. How is it that we achieve not doing this, not this practice? Right. Yes. What's That's so a good irritating question. and annoying yes. about it? Yes. 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 Why are we in resistance to things as they are? Because they suck. Because they suck. Well, that's why we sit, so we find a way to deal with the suckiness. Part of that suckiness is our projection. Feature part of that. I finally got some forward motion with this client I've had for years. He has a great fear of death, terrible fear of death. Breakthrough was afraid that I'm going to die before I've really lived. Lifted the whole viewpoint. Afraid of death because he's not living. He's in this crouched down position. He's not stepping out. That's why he's afraid of death. That's stuff to do, man. You gotta do. Put it in a nutshell. I want to do things I want to see before I die and I haven't done them yet. You're in no hurry? To die. Mm. Only by the fact that I don't really get any say in the matter. Do, well, now you look what the man just did. What did he just do? There's a whole no piece. There's a big piece you just put on the table. Absolutely removed from the situation. Nice if you were, then you've just chucked the whole thing in the garbage. My, well, my, 
my expectations and my opinions don't matter. How about that? How about that? Hmm? <laughs> what are we going to do about that? Now we're getting, now we're talking Zen. Yes? The same. You're being excessively Come to the Zen casual. center on Sunday mornings and have the same conversation. Yeah. But to practice Zen two hours a week is better than five minutes. <laughs> two hours a week, you ought to got to throw yourself in a little bit more. Mm -hmm. so we're practicing every minute of every... Hope to God you are. <laughs> are you? <laughs> hope so. Do I have a choice? Do you? Do you? Do you have a choice? Do I? Well, there's the game. There's the deal. Do you have a choice? No. But no, then, if only... that's the truth, if that's a fact, if you believe that, then how are you living your life? With eyes wide shut. Yes, exactly. Well, we seem to think we have a choice, that we somehow separate ourselves from the functioning of the Absolute. Well, it becomes more than a hobby, because I've made a choice now, more than a hobby. There you go. There you go. Move it from hobby to actuality. Yes. The difficult thing is to see that your activity, activity of the Absolute, are not separate activities. Just sitting on the can taking a dump. That's an act of God. We constantly are putting things into different pigeonholes. This is sacred. This is mundane. I want to be spiritual. I want to be holy. I want to be sacred. I don't have to have anything to do with work, anything to do with sex, anything to do with money. They're so mundane. And has a different approach altogether. That very stuff is the stuff of enlightenment. People got upset when I, a while back when I said, if you're practicing householders and you should make a lot of money, you should become very, very, very rich. A lot of people got upset by that. They didn't like that idea. because it smacks at this idea of spiritual and mundane. I'm spiritual. I don't have anything to do with that dirty stuff. Especially sex. How can I whom practicing Zen have anything to do with that dirty sex? Well, I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but everyone here is a byproduct of sex. But sex. Well, then you just expanded the whole thing. Oh. Hmm? You moved into the realm of libido. Talked about dying a few minutes ago. Object is the leaves, and then myself I see oh, love, a band, whatever it might be. Oh. This is beautiful today. We're hitting the big ones. This, I want to be loved. Eyes, I'm loved. The problem is we're projecting out, trying to make things appear different than they are. Your functioning and the functioning absolute are not separate activities. You're sitting in the middle of love, but it's not the way you like it. I want this kind of love, not that kind of love. So as soon as you're saying, I want love, you're saying to yourself, I'm not being loved the way I want to be. That's where the whole game starts getting very raggedy. Mm -hmm. Who is the I that wants to be loved? Well, there, throw that right out and it ends the whole problem. As soon as you say that, throw the I out, ends the whole problem. I don't feel like that solves right. the Go entire on. problem because 
And there's a tendency to get fixated on just getting rid of the eye. Well, yes. And just sitting there doing And you have a shunyata. But now we're talking about the basic twist, you see. In this position, you're looking for love. But because there's a basic twist, we're looking for our love in all the wrong places. If we return things to a natural state, what we're looking for is already present. And the one who's looking for it is no longer present. Follow that? Mm -hmm. That was pretty clever. Sure. In the basic twist, right? The problem we're dealing with is the basic twist. In the basic twist, we have samsara. Good, bad, right, wrong. I'm loved, I'm not loved, I'm looking for love. In this position, we look for love in all the wrong places. If we'll sit still, if we'll bring the mind quiet, boom. Within that position, there's no I who needs to be loved. I beg your pardon. When you said, when you, when you said, <laughs> who is this I, the immediate response I would have given, knowing when you're saying this I doesn't, I'm ready to make that leap yet. We're at the place where I can't even realize that I'm actively the I that keeps asking. In other words, I'm afraid of death. I'm afraid of not accomplishing. That's just person won't love me because I haven't given art or a piece of writing or a piece of talent that makes them want to love me. And then I realize that's an ignorance. I don't want to do that work to go down there and see that I'm, this is where my sitting becomes an irritant. I don't want to sit here. As soon as I go, sometimes I'm going down, down, down to the truth of where I'm really emanating. But I want some kind of love that I don't think I already have. Anger rises out of fear. Whenever you're angry, take a breath and ask yourself, what am I afraid of? Anger comes out of fear. Fear comes out of ignorance. Whence comes ignorance? There. Anger, fear. Fear, ignorance. Ignorance, ego. Belief? Yeah. A mind that wants to try to understand. Well, is it? Well... Is it? That's the perception of the logical formula to say, oh, well, this is now arising out of... The reason I brought up what I said a few minutes ago is what I'm trying to do is conceptualize this no I. Give me a way I'm grabbing that one. That has to be... Have a relationship with your ignorance. Crux is what Dean put out where, how do I realize I'm practicing 24... It takes a while to get that. That takes good time. I remember one time I was on a session, and Sasaki says, oh, session working very good. Now, when you're sleeping, practice very good. That's nuts. This is, I mean, come on, please, give me a break. That night I saw, psychiatrists call it lucid dreaming. It's something much more than that. Hmm? You're very, very busy when you're sleeping. Very busy. It's going to take some time before that perception opens and you see that. That again. Did Suzaki mean the dream when we're sleeping? Well, he wasn't talking exclusively about dreams. I use that to try and get a picture of what he's talking about. You're very busy when you're asleep. Not just in a dream state. Quietly right now, but there's a thunderstorm down there somewhere. Well, that's what I'm asking, folks. Take a look. You're living a twist. Very different. It's very different. Unconscious. Talking about the accomplishments I want in my life. There is that part of it which is nice for accolades and admiration. Beyond that, there is this love, but it's self-love. It's almost like, you know, I'm not completely full of myself at some point. I, I know that intellectually, and yet 
Ben makes such a big uh, point about the difference between actual and empirical. All intellectual over here. Here it's all empirical. It's direct involvement. Separation. Now, because we have such a strong sense of self, of I, it's very confused in the process. Moving from here to here. I have clarity. Mind that's attempting to grab the clarity can never do it. Hard shift. We've been trained from infancy. You know, spell cat, spell dog. Everything is intellectual. Very em little emphasis put on how do you feel. That doesn't seem. We saw something good last night about Thurgood Marshall, the first black man to go on the Supreme Court, having an argument about David Thoreau's nonviolent non-participation. Well, yeah, the trouble is, he wrote that when he was in jail. He said, if you engage in nonviolent non-participation, you may have to pay a price. He said, what I'm interested in is the law. But the law can be very cold and unfeeling. Take the law and just interpret it by the letter and not the spirit. Same way with the intellect. It can become too cold, too calculating, and ignore the human. And to feel safer from here up when we're calculating. When we move down, like the program is suggesting, okay, program. <laughs> <laughs> the organic. We're trying to stay separate from it. Mm -hmm. I go down there, there's feelings. Ugh. All that stuff, all that human stuff. I love. Do they love me? Will I get successful? That, all that human stuff, that goo, that gunk, that stuff is all down there. Curiosity. Mm -hmm. I what Dean is saying come about. This part of me that wants to bloom naturally, not just to achieve some accolades, and in that blooming, which is natural, it blooms, yeah. unlike an azalea, which lets itself bloom, yeah. or a dog, which lets itself bloom. I'm not going to get into whether those guys are liberated, but they don't do that, if it's that way. Oh, having heard what you just said, old bloomers. On my day, I'm inspired to be generous. Now it's better to give than to receive. It's so bad. I am generous, and I give a gift. I need to receive what I just... Basic twist. Resurrection aspect to it too. But I can come to the cushion and say this could be completely pleasurable. And having had that, why do we then keep ourselves small and fail to bloom? That keeps blooming too. I keep watering that seed. This is where you keep interrupting. Yes, but like the man said, if you're going to be engaged in civil disobedience, <laughs> you may end up doing it from jail. Well, I'm in jail now. Well, I look at that. I've placed myself in look jail. My that. disobedience is against the law. Yes. Yes. Like when the teacher's calling on you in school, you sort of slink down and hold the book up. You don't want to be seen. You don't have the answer. We're doing it all the time. Hmm? Um, I'm going to keep coming back to this over and over and over. The basic twist. Organic, inorganic. We've created that basic twist thinking somehow over here there's safety. Right? That's not true. It would be nice if we had this basic twist and in there, we got an exemption. is isn't. This is an exemption over here. But over here, you're functioning with clarity. The reason I haven't had it in three years, games, people have been spitting, everything's just the same. But what I'm saying is, for whatever reason, 
I have chosen not to participate. All the flu germs are there. All the possibility for that to exist is there. So how, where is the intelligence going on here? Well, where is it emanating from? Well, I the sanction in the ranks. <laughs> well, I'd like you to answer my question then if she has... You're more involved with the unborn than with the... Where I get completely lost was the way Tony just put that out. It seemed like because I understood what he was saying, which is a question. He chose on some cellular level, on some unborn level, not to interact with the flu. Like, I choose not to interact with cancer. I choose not to interact with the tsunami. That seems like a lot of bullshit to me because these things come whether we like them or not. Yes, you can have some control over some part of your nervous system that could make you less vulnerable to germs. Okay. But I think the issue is more that these things affect us whether we like them or not, and that's the issue of safety. Here's a big, important issue. I'm so stupid, I'm going to try to address it in five minutes. But we're studying Buddhism. Buddhism has a lot of juicy, good stuff. Man's cool. Tibetan Buddhism has a lot of juice in it, a lot of yummy, 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 yummy. Ooh, these guys got it. And yet they got tossed out. When Hong Pa was asked that, he said, how come you guys, you know, you got lifetimes, Dalai Lamas, you got this all worked out real nice. How come you got thrown out of Tibet? And we lost our art form. Now, I can stay exempt from germs. Strong with the force am I, but not that strong. At some point he's going to drop dead. <laughs> the idea in the mind is, if I make this transference, I'm exempt. All right, like he's 105, says he's going to live to 123. Uh, he's going to drop dead. He's going to drop dead. He's in delusion. Huh? If he really believes that, he's living in delusion. Well, we'll wait and see. We won't know until 123 years. <laughs> okay. We don't know that. Have cancer that went away. He had cancer that went away. Because I've read something by Sosong where he went to a doctor and he was doing a special meditation they devised that would deregulate the irregular heartbeats of people. And he did it, and they found that he was very good at it. And at the end, he said, this is improper use of meditation. Oh, how about that? So, well, I would argue with the man, though. Ben is very into non-miraculous. Very into it. Don't bother walking on water. Don't bother raising the dead. I understand their point of view. But if you want to, go right ahead. <laughs> that was the second point he made, is that meditation should be used to overcome no. And this wasn't a magic trick he did that we know of. He knew he had cancer, and he'd been diagnosed with cancer, says Aki. One day he's given a lecture, and during the lecture he just says, No lack of cancer, no lack of cancer. Next time he went for a checkup, there's no cancer. There's plenty of a lot of other stories like that. Of course. Haagen does. I want Haagen does. I pick up a form of miracles. There you go. That's what Zen is encouraging us to do is before we get off into the walk-on-water miracles, what's happening right here in front of your eyes? Thing moving 
Holy shit. It's so get so jaded. It becomes... Look at it. There's, there's a lot happening there. Look at this whole thing. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on here. Kidneys going bonky, bonky, bonky. The heart's going bumpy, bumpy, bumpy. Everything. There's a whole lot of shit happening here. The blood's moving around, coming up and up and down. Wow. Pleasure arises up instantly, ordering me to really behave. Body is designed to heal itself. Something about me shows not to pick up. All around is if we can expand it this much, we can expand it this much. Maybe we, well, maybe, open the door wider and wider and wider. thing we went through recently where all we're certain of is uncertainty. All things uncertain. And that scares us. So we try to create something fixed and permanent. But the other side of the uncertainty is, because of the uncertainty, the vast open possibility. Because of uncertainty, because it's not fixed, it's uncertain, there's vast open spaciousness. There's all sorts of possibilities. Openness, because even though I think I can adhere or knock my hut down, while I'm adhering specific regimented thinking, saying I will never change, saying to us there's a better way. We don't wait until something comes and rips us apart to get us to change our mind. But we keep investigating. Dynamic, flowing way to deal with these things. Putting that responsibility is terrifying. There's the word, isn't it? Why would it be terrifying to know I could become a millionaire? Terrifying to the ego. What's the ignorance there? Buddhist education. <laughs> Lord, I am not worthy. We laugh, but that's the deal. You don't have a good Buddhist education. And let's take it a step past Buddhism. We're not looking at reality. Clearly. We come back to clarity. Clear vision. Clairvoyance. So maybe my twist is making me see reality. I think it is. And when he says it's so awful... Maybe I'm twisting. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and we've established this. Well, I, you're I'm fucked little, up. I'm a little bad. <laughs> <dense. laughs> Those who want smallness and suffering, there is no end to the smallness and suffering. Those who want an end to suffering and vast open spaciousness, there is that. Who can keep this going for a long time? Maybe ad infinitum, which is a long time. <laughs> For those who want smallness and suffering, there is no end to it. Those who want vast open spaciousness, there's no end to that. What you're going to find is you're going to bounce back and forth. And you'll have one of these tight and you'll find it so vast, open, and spacious. And there's a problem. Try to reconcile this smallness with spaciousness. Eventually, the smallness has to give up. What? I was thinking of that attitude about, but I thought, I thought <laughs> that just like hit it right on the head. <laughs> but then, better to Dear Abby, I was brought up. Things will come along and knock you down. Everything is there for our enlightenment. I woke up this morning, and boy, it was really whacked. Whacked. And I did a blood test. I was at 30. Oh. You can't... A few more steps, you drop dead. Mm. I was like two numbers away from dead. That's my point there.
What do you? I've already you chose to come there back. Was, I guess that's number seven. I've already faced death six times. I'm not talking. I'm talking real facing death. You know. What is it that kept it from fruition? There's some other force at work. Why did I bring the 